Hey there guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Throwback Thursday. This is the one and only show we take the time machine, we go back in time, we review a movie as if we had seen it for the very first time. And uh, no no special guest today. You guys may be wondering, well, where's Robert the Ghost Fairy Martinez? Didn't you say you were going to have him on Jurassic Park? Let me explain what happened, okay? Uh, me and Robert uh, got into a fight. Um, I told him to shut up and he told me that I was stupid and I told him that he was an idiot and um, I told him not to be on the, the show anymore uh, and so we, we, we're no longer friends that's that's the story uh, <laughs> no um, and he's probably going to listen to this going that never happened but now I'm emotionally hurt um, but uh no, in all seriousness, um, it just comes from the fact that, you know what, sometimes schedules do, just don't line up like they like you need them to, you know, they just don't line up, so, eh, what can you do? Um, but, of course, uh, we are just moving right along, uh, our next series of reviews, we just finished our Mummy series of reviews, and our next series of reviews we got is Jurassic Park. We are uh, we are going to review every single Jurassic Park movie, from Jurassic Park all the way to Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, uh, and yeah, it's it will take up basically from now until basically the last Thursday of September, so it will be pretty interesting to to kind of see how it uh, comes into play. Um, but uh, you know what? Let's not waste any time and let's talk about the legendary Jurassic Park. So Jurassic Park, uh, it was released uh, on June 11th of 1993, and it was directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Michael Crichton and David Kep, based on the book Jurassic Park by Michael uh, Crichton. Uh, okay, um, and uh, it star and it stars Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum. Richard Attenborough, Bob Peck, Martin Ferrero, B.D. Wong, Samuel L. Jackson, Wayne Knight, uh, Joseph Mazzello, and Ariana Richards. And John Williams uh, is here to compose the score. So I'm going to start like we always do with our memories, uh, with my memories, of course, of Jurassic Park. Now, I gotta tell you guys, um, I remember watching this for the first time, I think I may have been like 10 years old, 10 or 11 years old, and I watched this movie for the first time, um, and I remember liking it just for the dinosaurs. I remember loving all the dinosaur scenes, and I don't really, I didn't really remember everything else, 
And then I watched it again when I had turned a little bit older. I was about maybe 14 when I watched it again. Really loved it. Thought it was great. Uh, and then I just would always watch it in school. Like uh, in my junior year of high school, in my science class, we watched Jurassic Park. Uh, and it was amazing because I, I, you know, spoiler alert, I love this movie. Um, I uh, remember getting on the Jurassic Park ride once and hating it and never wanted to go back on it again. In fact, I never did, um, which kind of breaks my heart because they re I heard they kind of re-updated it into Jurassic World. Um, and yeah, I, I just remember always liking Jurassic Park, never really loving the sequels. I mean, I'll get into the sequels later. This isn't the time to get into the sequels, but I remember loving this first one so much. Um, and by the way, later on, uh, I did get Robert's uh, overall thoughts and a score out of 10. Um, I'm going to share those at the end of the review um, so that you guys know what Robert... Because Robert did want to be on this episode. Because, um, spoiler alert, uh, it's his all-time favorite movie. So, uh, Robert wanted to be on this episode. Just don't. Um, but uh, I guess I can start getting into my quick thoughts. My over, my impressions of Jurassic Park. Um, this movie sucks. Um, no, I'm kidding. I already spoiled it that I love this movie. Um... This movie is phenomenal. Um, there are not a lot of movies that I can watch that I go, that movie's perfect. Um, there is uh, uh, Back to the Future, uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, and, and Jurassic Park, really. Um, those are like the three movies that I think are just perfection. There's nothing wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with it. I can't find a single thing wrong with it. You know, um, whereas movies, you know, like, you know, movies like The Mummy 1999 or uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse or Save Mr. Banks, um, even though those are my top five, those are in my top five favorite movies of all time, I can find something to nitpick at, even though I think there are 10 out of 10 for me, I can find some things to nitpick at, Um and Jurassic Park doesn't really have any of those for me. I can't find a single thing that I don't like about this movie. And I remember when I watched this uh, this movie uh, in preparation for this review, I immediately texted Robert after watching the movie. And the first thing I said was, dude, they do not make movies like this anymore. Movies that have an emphasis on character... And an emphasis on building those characters and making them as memorable as you can. So when the so when when pardon my language, but when shit hits the fan, they've already the the director and the writer have already built this really great connection between you and the characters that you don't want anything bad to happen to them. That's where I think some of the big blockbuster movies felt, like Avatar, for ex for example. Didn't care about any of the characters. Um, or uh, the the new Terminator movies. Don't really don't really care about the human characters. Um, I or you know, the MonsterVerse movies. I don't care about the human characters, you know. 
And and when you don't care about the characters, it's just giant monsters and who cares, you know? And Jurassic Park is that, is, is that same thing. And the sequels prove that where, you know, if the characters aren't memorable, if you don't like the characters, then you don't like the... Then you don't like... Then the dinosaurs, you know, it's just dinosaurs and big deal, you know? Um... But I don't think Jurassic this first movie suffers from that because the characters are memorable. Um, the stakes are really high in this movie. You know, there are a lot of stakes that are built in this movie, um, and there's a lot of suspense that's built. There's a scene in this movie where the T Rex obviously it's the fame the most one of the more famous scenes in the movie, but when the T Rex first shows up and the kids are shining the flashlight and the T-Rex just comes at the window and puts its one eye into the thing and starts knocking the car around. It's such a great moment. Such a beautifully suspenseful moment. And then when the little girl screams and Sam Neill, you know, covers her face and he's like, don't move. It can, it can see you when it, when you move. And then all of a sudden it just comes up close and sniffs both of them. Amazing. The animatronics are beautiful. The practical effects that are used in this movie are great. The CG is still really holds up very, very well. Um, and, you know, and it's not just the fact that they were experimenting with CG. This movie was just very well written and very well crafted um, by the writers. And one of them... One of the writers just happened to be the same guy who wrote the book. Um, now, I'm going to be honest. I read the book once, but I don't remember lots about it, which is part of the reason why I wish Robert was here, because I know Robert... I think Robert has read the book. I, I want to say he has. Um, but um, I, know that, I know that there are some differences between... Um, uh, between the movie and the book, um, which I usually don't like to do comparisons between books and movies, but because I don't know much about the book, so I'm I'm not going to get into it just because I don't know much about the book in order to compare it. Um, whereas you know Hobbit, I knew a lot about the book, so I felt the I felt the need to um, to compare it. Um, but I want to talk about kind of the the development process of this movie. So, um, uh. You know, originally Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park as a screenplay. It was originally supposed to be a screenplay, but then he, um, but then he just kept, he just, this idea just kept coming to him and coming to him and coming to him. And so he ended up writing a novel of Jurassic Park, wrote the full novel, novel, um, and then Steven Spielberg, along with Universal, paid about $1.5 million uh, to get uh, the movie uh, to, to, to get the movie made. Um, and then uh, Crichton joined in uh, David Kep, who was recommended by uh, Universal President Casey Silver. And uh, they changed a lot of... They actually did make some changes. So I got some stuff here. Um, uh, this is according to the Wikipedia page, so take it with a grain of salt. So it says, Some characterizations were changed from the novel. Hammond went from being a ruthless businessman to a kindly old man because Spielberg identif 
because Spielberg identified with Hammond's obsession with showmanship. He also switched the characters of Tim and Lex in the book. Tim is aged 11 in and interest, interested in computers, and Lex is only 7 or 8 and interested in sports. Uh, because Spielberg did uh, Spielberg did this because he wanted to work with the younger Joseph Mazzello, uh, Mazzello, uh, okay, and it allowed him to introduce the subplot of Lex's adolescent crush on Grant. Uh, kept changed Grant's uh, relationship with the children, making him hostile to them initially to allow for more character development, which I think is a good change. I, I do think it is a really good change from, from the book. Um, that, that sounds like a pretty good change to me, actually. Um, uh, there are two scenes from the book that were ultimately, um, taken out, that were ultimately removed. Spielberg removed the opening sequence with the pro... Wow, what is that word? Wow, I need a get that on a okay how about I copy and let's get that on let's get that on uh let's 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 learn how to pronounce this real quick hang on a second yeah that one um <laughs> I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce that um but basically there was an opening sequence where it uh was attacking uh a young child uh as you know Spielberg removed it because he found it horrific uh, too horrific for the movie um and for budgetary reasons uh David kept cut the t rex chasing Grant and the children down uh the river before uh before it was uh, before being tranquilized by Muldoon, um, both parts were included in the sequels. So, I believe the, I believe this one actually the uh, the, pro, pro, yeah whatever whatever that one's called. Um, the I think the first the opening scene in Jurassic, in the book of Jurassic Park was actually added to the Lost World. And then I believe the the T-Rex chase down the river was included in Jurassic Park 3. I want to say that was it. Um, I have no idea, uh, honestly. So, um, but yeah, we, we got all that stuff. Um, so, let, I want to get into uh, kind of my positives about the movie. Because I have no negatives. So, I just want to get into my positives. Uh, number one, I think the opening scene that they chose to go with is fantastic. Um, not showing the raptor, I thought was amazing. Not not showing you what this thing looks like. Um, they hide the raptors a lot throughout the movie and don't really show them until they escape their uh, until they escape their um, their little cage, basically. Um, I thought Alan, I thought Alan Grant's intro, uh, the the introduction to Alan Grant is great, and even the um, the the performances, um, Sam Neill and Laura Dern are fantastic in the movie. Um, Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm for me steals this movie. Um, uh, 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 you are gonna have uh, 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 dinosaurs on your uh, uh, dinosaur tour. 
<laughs> he's so great. Um, or his line when he looks at the the giant pile of turd, he goes, "That is one big pile of shit." <laughs> I just love how cool he is, um, and he's just so funny. There's also another line where um, John Hammond tells him. Oh, when Disneyland first opened, uh, none of the none of the uh, animatronics worked. And then he, Jeff Goldblum replies with, "Yeah, but at Disneyland, the animatronics don't come to life and try to eat the tourists." <laughs> uh, I just found that funny. Uh, it's my favorite line in favorite line in the movie, um, and I got to talk about the writing. The writing is perfect, pitch perfect. That scene where um, the characters are sitting at that dinner table talking about um, the idea of the park working is so well done. And you're not just – it's not just a a scene where someone – where people are sitting around the table talking. You're getting their viewpoints on this because as a business decision – this is a smart business move. As a business move, it's smart. But you know what? What Ian Malcolm brings up brings up is, you know, nothing's gonna go right when when scientists try to pl- when scientists are trying to play God. You know, and that's exactly what Hammond and his scientists are doing. Exactly what they're doing. They are doing basically. Um, they're they're playing God and they're trying to um they're they're taking this amazing technology, cloning dinosaurs, and they're basically um using it for as a as as profit, you know. Um this technology that can be used for so many other things and they're using it as a as a way of profit. And Ian Malcolm, you know, and we're gonna get into this with the other films that involve Ian Malcolm, um, he's right. You know, if you when you really look at everything going on, he's right. Um, and I I love the fact that they they are able to get you on the hero's side. That's where I think Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom does very badly. Um, and I'm going to talk about this in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but I'll bring it up here. In Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it opens up the movie opens up with Ian Malcolm in the movie, uh, and he's talking about how. Yeah, that the dinosaurs should should go should go extinct. This is nature correcting our mistakes. And then you go and you watch a two-hour movie with two main characters who don't agree with that. And I feel like that was a very missed opportunity. I felt like one of them should have agreed with Ian Malcolm. And let whether it was Owen or whether it was Claire, one of them should have agreed with um with Ian Malcolm in saying uh yeah, no, this is bad, and we need they need to they, they need to go extinct. Um, and I don't feel like any I don't I don't I that's where I feel like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom failed. Whereas in this one, every, all three heroes see the dangers of this. They see what can happen when you're wielding this type of technology. You know, it it can go really bad. Um, and I love that. Um, let's see. Um, I got to talk about John Williams' score. It is perfection. This is my favorite soundtrack for any movie ever. 
Um, now, when I say soundtrack, obviously I'm not talking about... There's not a lot of songs in the movie. Just as a film score, the Jurassic Park score is my favorite score in any movie. Um, just the main theme. That's all you need. Is the main theme, you know. Anyway, um, I can't. Um, I just love it. I love his music and all of the soundtrack. All of the tracks in this movie are amazing. Um. The one that always plays at Universal Studios is the bum 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 Anyway, um I I keep going on and on. I really need to stop with that. Um But uh but yeah, no, it just goes to show how great every single piece of music is memorable. And it's the same thing that goes with the the Star Wars movies. Every single piece of John Williams' music is memorable, you know, um, and that's what I that's what I um, what I like about it. And I think even Michael Giacchino. What I feel like, again, I'll talk about this when I talk about the Jurassic World movies. But I felt like what he did very well was blending some of John Williams' themes while also creating his own. And that's where I think Jurassic Park 3 does very poorly. I think the score for Jurassic Park 3 is actually pretty terrible. But I'll get into that later. Um, I gotta talk about the uh, the special effects. Not just the CG, but also the animatronics. The use of animatronics is beautiful. There's this one scene where they, uh, they see a, um, a sick triceratops just laying on the floor and alan grant is lying on its uh on his stomach and feeling its breath i love it it's such a beautiful moment because you're you're like that's not a fake that's not some cushion that he's laying on that is a real practical puppet that they that somebody is moving around and it's so great um the oh my goodness uh one of the um the CG is also really great, you know. I think it holds up still. A lot of the other Jurassic Park movies uh, even the even the newer ones, even though the newer ones come out came out in 2015 and 2018, the CGI in those movies don't look as great as the CGI in this first movie. This first movie, the CG holds up pretty well, actually. Um, and that's what I really loved about it. So, um, okay. Uh, let me see what else is there. Um, I already talked about the T-Rex scene. Um, uh, seeing different areas of the park is actually really interesting. I love how adventurous this movie feels. Um, it very much feels like um a classic adventure with uh it, it very much has i mean not the same tone as the 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 mummy 1999 but it also it just has that fun and there's a lot of moments in this movie where you get to where they have a really fun adventurous feel to it 
Like that scene where the T-Rex chases the car um and Ian Malcolm is sitting in the back of the is sitting in the back of the car and the T-Rex is just chasing them. It's so great. It's just so so great. And um yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. Um like I said the humor is fantastic. Um let's talk about the Raptors. Okay. Now, I know there's logically, you know, scientifically there's differences between an actual size of a raptor, even though how would we know how tall a, raft, a raptor is? Um, let's see. Uh, I want to see. Uh, so, apparently, um, <laughs> apparently, uh, the actual velociraptor um is uh <laughs> is is smaller compared to the ones in the movie um or wait i don't know oh okay never mind never mind never mind never mind i got that wrong that was talking about something completely different um so i can't find any i, I but from what i've heard People have an issue with the size of the Velociraptors. I don't really care. I find them so intimidating. Um, I I just don't care. That scene where they're in the kitchen and the, the, the kids are trying to hide. They're trying to find a, a place to hide. And one of the raptors sees a reflection of, um, of the girl. And it starts charging at that reflection. And then hits its head in the, in the cabinet. Oh my gosh, I remember when I first saw that, I thought this character was going to die. Like, I legitimately thought this little girl was going to kick the bucket, you know. And it was just amazing, that moment. And then that finale where the Raptors are fighting against the T-Rex, it's awesome. And then them running out of the, the, the museum section and Grant saying, I've decided... Not to uh, uh, not to approve of the park, and then Hammond has a really good character change throughout the movie where he finally realizes, yeah, I, I, so do I, you know, um, I love that. I love how these characters change throughout the movie, and even Alan Grant from being someone who doesn't want kids to forming such a great relationship with the two kids in this movie that it. You, he gives that look to Ellie like maybe maybe he gives that look to Laura Dern's character that maybe this is the life he wants you know um, and I think it's fantastic um, let me uh, see is there anything else I want to bring up is there anything else I'm missing uh, I don't think so I don't think so so I'm gonna before I give you guys my overall thoughts I want to tell you guys what Robert thought of the movie so let me go ahead and bring up his thoughts. Hopefully you guys are still with me. And hopefully you guys can still hear me. Um, so uh, I told Robert since he wasn't going to be on uh, on this episode. I told him to just send me his, uh, his quick thoughts on Jurassic Park. And then I'll dedicate a segment to his thoughts. And so this is what Robert had to say about it. He said... My favorite movie of all time and still stands for me at least one 
for me, at least one of the most impressive CGI effects of all time. And then he's, and then he says nothing but praise. And then his score of the movie is a ten out of ten. Okay, <laughs> that is Robert's overall thoughts, and then a score out of ten. Now, for me. I think this movie is a masterpiece. It's phenomenal. I think every single thing about this movie works. From the characters to the action to the dinosaurs. I think it all works great. Um, I think the effects are still hold up to this day. I think that it is just a really fun movie from beginning to end. And I don't think any other... Any of the Jurassic Park movies are able to top this one. None of them have. And that just goes to show the brilliance of this first one. Um, that it is along. It's like I said. Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and um, uh, Jurassic Park are the three movies that I think everybody can agree is perfect. Everyone can agree that those three movies are absolute perfection and there's nothing wrong with them. There's no problems. There are no problems with Jurassic Park. And at least I haven't found any. I know there are some people who can find nitpicks. I can never find a nitpick with this movie. Uh, And I love it. I think it's absolute perfection. And I'm going to give Jurassic Park a 10 out of 10. So that is... My review of Jurassic Park. Uh, I hope you guys join join us next week when we when we talk about uh, Jurassic the Lost World of Jurassic Park. Hopefully, you guys can join us for that. And uh, yeah, that will do it for this episode, guys. Uh, make sure you guys go check out a brand new episode of the Web Swingers podcast. Uh, me and uh, my co, me and my and my special guest Chris Figs uh, from the Spider Verse review uh, are talking about many things like Sony getting two fabulous directors to uh, direct some of their upcoming Marvel projects, and then you have just so many other stuff like uh, we we answer some questions like we we discuss whether Infinity War is better than Endgame, uh, just a lot of really good conversations. So in that episode, so definitely go check the Web Swingers podcast out. And then we, I have a brand new episode of Avatar the After Show up on the podcast feed right now. Um, and we are reviewing, what episode are we reviewing this week? Let's, let, let me take a look here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and see just what episode am I reviewing this week? I know I should have had this up. A long time ago, I should have, I should have pulled this up a long time ago. Uh, this episode we are reviewing. Uh, episode we're reviewing. Uh, the deserter episode sixteen, the deserter. I believe that's episode sixteen. Hopefully, I hope I'm not wrong. Um, but thank you guys so much. Uh, so definitely go check that out, guys. Um, again, the Zeke Setzer Show will be—we will come—we will be right back with the Zeke Setzer Show on Saturday. So make sure you guys definitely go check that out. And thank you guys so much for listening. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace out.